The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus took Peter, James, Peter, John, and James, and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but became fully awake. They saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we have two uh, great stories about kind of epiphanies. These epiphanies where God appears in a great and powerful way. But there's something else that comes with these stories, is there's a particularity about them. Particularity, in what way? Well, we're all hearing them today, but there was only a particular people who experienced them for the first time. It's interesting that in the first reading, we're in the book of Genesis, and of course we hear about Adam and Eve, and then they sin, and then it goes worse, and then Noah, and then it gets a little bit better, and then it gets worse, and then it gets worse. And, and out of all the people in the world, God particularly chooses Abram. One man who from him come all blessings. It's from him that the Israelite people come. It's from the Israelite people that Christians come. It's from this one person that's chosen in the midst of all the people. We call this kind of the scandal of particularity. Why didn't God choose everyone in that moment, right? Why didn't he choose to interact with everybody in the same way, in the, in the same time, with the same interactions? Why did he only choose Abram? Why does Abram get to be lucky? Right? We hear in the second reading, St. Paul. And although he's not talking about it, St. Paul is again particularly chosen. There were many people who persecuted the church uh, throughout all of its history. St. Paul has the most uh, amazing story of conversion, where Jesus particularly chooses him and knocks him down blind and appears to him and says, 
Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Right? Particularly chosen in a particular way. Why isn't it every person that persecutes the church knocked down, struck blind, and Jesus appears to them? Because Jesus specifically chose them. Because God specifically chose. It's a scandal of particularity. We hear in the gospel today, Jesus appears in all of his glory. Well, there were many people who were following him. In fact, he had already chosen his 12 apostles, right? That got to do everything with him. But even within his 12 apostles that he particularly chose, he chose some even within that. That he didn't invite all of his apostles up to the mountain that day, but he only invited three. Peter, John, and James. Why are they so special? Why do they get to witness this glory of Jesus Christ? Why don't all the apostles? And for that matter, why not all the disciples? And for that matter, why not all of Israel, right? Why is it just them? This scandal of particularity. Why does God choose some people and not choose others? Or at least that's where we go to right away, right? We say, well, if he chose some people, why didn't he choose those other people? Instead, we should be focusing on the amazing thing that he did choose some people. The scandal of particularity is a scandal because we say, you know, like, well, if he chose those people and he didn't choose those people, wait, which camp am I in, right? Am I in the camp where he he chose me? Would he invite me up that mountain? Or would I be left at the foot of the mountain? Would I have no idea what's going on? Would I know who Jesus is? Would he talk to me? Would he help me? Would he give me the grace in order to know him? Right? Which camp do I fall in? There's kind of this fear that can kind of build up in that. Well, Jesus came... And he particularly chooses people. But when Jesus came, his mission changed in a different way. That through Jesus Christ, actually originally through the scandal of particularity of choosing Abram, he chose Abram so that he could save all people and all nations of all time. He chose Abram so that he could prepare the way for his coming of his son Jesus Christ, who in Jesus Christ comes to save all. But all do not respond. And he still chooses particularly people so that others might be particularly saved in the midst of it all. We ourselves here, as we are sitting here, don't have to wonder whether God has chosen us. We were chosen particularly in our baptism. One of the beautiful things about the coming of Jesus Christ and the sacraments that he instituted within the church and that we continue to celebrate 2,000 years later is that we don't have to wonder. We don't have to wonder whether God chooses us, whether he wants to interact with us or not. We know that he does. He gave us the sacrament of baptism to start out that relationship with him, to be particularly chosen as his own. 
He gives us scripture so that we might always have a way of referencing and listening to Jesus Christ, right? Listen to my beloved son. We're able to listen to him at all times, not just on that mountain 2,000 years ago, but every single time we open up the Bible, every single time that we come to Mass and hear Scripture, we can hear Jesus Christ who speaks to us. He particularly chooses us in this concrete and incarnational way. But we also want to be careful not to make it too concrete or incarnational. Because we can at certain times kind of make God into a box, right? Well, if I do this exactly right, almost superstition, right? If I do this exactly right, then God will do this, right? God has bound himself to the sacraments. He makes that if you're baptized in a valid way, that he does choose you, that grace really truly comes. But he also works outside of the sacraments. And he doesn't bind himself in other ways. One of the kind of images that kind of makes God, you know, not so easy to kind of put into a box that I found very interesting was the first reading and all of the appearances of God. That God walks through the animals today uh, in the first reading as a, it's it's very strange, as as a smoking fire pot, whatever that looks like, right? Smoke coming out of a fire pot and a flaming torch. Now think about that. Smoke, right? Can you really contain smoke? No. Can you contain fire? No. What's some of the other things that God appears in? He appears as a flaming bush to Moses. He appears as a pillar of fire to the Israelite people, guiding them out of Exodus. There's kind of this mystery about him. That even though that with Jesus Christ he comes concretely, we realize that not everything is just in the image of Jesus Christ. That there was more to Jesus Christ than just what we saw in the human form, even though that he came in the human form so that we can concretely see him. In the same way with the Eucharist in some way. He concretely gives us the Eucharist which we're able to concretely and incarnationally receive and particularly receive as his body, blood, soul, and divinity. But we also realize that Jesus isn't contained to a wafer, right? We realize that he's more than that. But he comes in that image so that we might receive him, so that we might know him, but also realize that he's more than that, even though that he comes in the fullness of that. It's the scandal of particularity that we say that within baptism he chooses us. It's a scandal of particularity and it's a scandal that we say that Jesus Christ truly takes on flesh in the Eucharist. It's a scandal of particularity that Abraham was chosen so long ago. It's a scandal of particularity that we say that we ourselves are chosen. We are a chosen people. But yet, we don't always live that out, right? We don't always live out as chosen people by God. And that's to our detriment and to the detriment of all those around us. Abraham was chosen, but not everything went perfect. We don't judge whether we're chosen on whether everything in our life goes perfect. It's not that once God chose Abraham that then everything was easy for him. No, he still had trouble after the first reading that we hear today where God worked miraculous things. 
He still had great troubles in his life of believing and having faith in God. And many things failed in his life. But yet he was still chosen by God. We ourselves are chosen and it's not by how easy our life goes that we judge whether we're chosen or not. We are chosen. And it depends on how we live out of that. Abraham continued to live out his chosenness even in the midst of his difficulties. And it was to our benefit that the salvation was able to be brought to us through him. We ourselves and how we respond to our particular choice also has effects on those around us and the whole world. May we come here as a people who are chosen not selfishly, not just as a scandal for the rest of the world, but in fact the salvation for the whole world. May we bring what we see here today, what we experience with Jesus Christ, and bring it out and tell the whole world. And let not the scandal of particularity rest on this particularity of just remaining here with ourselves, but let it be a joy to the whole world as we bring out the message that God does love us, that He has chosen us, that He does speak to us and want us to be with Him.